Amen. Amen. Um, listen, this morning is going to look a little bit different. Um, just the message that's going to be how, the, how I've been led to share it. Um, this morning we're going to kind of briefly cover a little bit of the end of Matthew chapter 4. And then we're going to make our way into the Sermon on the Mount. And I don't know if you've heard the Sermon on the Mount, but it's this great, unbelievable moment when Jesus goes up and begins to preach. And Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7 is Jesus just preaching the sermon. And it's, it's known as the, the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. And, and today, I listen, I, I'm hoping by God's grace in the coming weeks, months to preach through uh, much of this. But there's something about this text that, listen, you just need to hear it today. And not only do you need to hear it, like there's, like as you hear this today, like you almost like it, you feel it. As you just listen to the text and what God's saying and how Christ is there preaching. And so I want to set a little bit of the background ever so briefly. And then I'm going to do my best just to share with you so that you might hear Jesus' words today in Matthew 5 through 7. Just in a whole scope of like, and maybe you've wondered, like, I wonder what it would be like to hear Jesus preach, right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have the Word of God. And this is an example of hearing Jesus preach. And again, there's questions about how this all unfolded, how it all looked. But today, I want just to set before you Matthew, Matthew sharing of Jesus preaching there on the Sermon on the Mount. So pick up the wood, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 is interesting, right? We've just finished the temptations. Jesus goes out and says from that point on, he begins to preach, right? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then there's this moment of, guess what? Outcasts, people you wouldn't expect, the people that are forgotten, overlooked. It's all of these people that Jesus is ministering to. And not only that, the place in which he's doing it, right? He's there and moving toward Galilee and these areas of, listen, that you wouldn't go and pick those people first on your team. And that's the people that Jesus goes to first. Those are the people that he begins his ministry with. And so let's just briefly hear a little bit of God's word. It's in Matthew chapter 4. After Jesus is there, finished with the temptation, the text picks up. And it says that he hears about John the Baptist. John the Baptist has, has now right, been arrested and placed in prison. And so Jesus withdraws the, to Galilee and begins to preach the word there. And it says this is, in fact, the fulfillment of Isaiah the prophet there in verse 14 of Matthew 4. And he begins to talk about how he begins to go along the side of the sea. And he's sharing there. And it's Galilee of the Gentiles. And again, that word Gentiles is like, wow, why them? And listen to what he says, verse 16. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light. The people, right, for those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. Did you hear that? On them the light has dawned. This is where the light dawning, right? The first time of the sun coming up, the light is dawning, right? You see it in that place. It's saying that this is where Jesus is beginning his ministry with these people, outcast, people that you would not start your ministry with. That's where Jesus starts. So a reminder to us today, as you hear Matthew 5 through 7, you've got to realize that some of you feel unworthy. Some of you feel too dirty. Some of you feel like you're not qualified enough to be a part of Jesus' kingdom. I want you to remind, those are the people that Jesus is going to. Those are the people that Jesus is preaching to. 
The text goes on further there and he begins to walk along the sea and he calls two brothers, right? Peter and Andrew. And he they tells them to come and follow him. And he goes a little bit farther and he finds two other brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And they're with their dad fishing. He says, come and follow me. And again, you would think surely if Jesus is going to get followers, surely he would be going to the synagogues and surely he'd be going to the temple to find the scribes and, and religious leaders, and the Pharisees and the people who knew the law the best and the people who appeared to be outwardly the most religious but Jesus starts with these guys. And then Matthew 4 finishes with this. Verse 23. Now Jesus began to go all, go all over Galilee, teaching their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom of heaven and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news spread about him throughout Syria. So they brought to him all those, listen to the people that show up, who are afflicted, those suffering with various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And all of these people are coming. Again, these are not people that you would probably pick. And Matthew 5 begins, and this is where we pick up this Sermon on the Mount today. Again, I want you to hear it, but I hope and pray that you feel it, that you might be moved to think, what is happening here? It says when the crowd saw him, right, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down, which was what teachers often did in that day and time. And he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the humble for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and say all kinds of evil things about you because of me, for great is your reward in the kingdom of heaven. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer fit for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet. Men, you, beloved, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Who lights a light and puts it under a basket? No, they place it on the lampstand that it might give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will disappear from all that is written in the law. Therefore, Whoever breaks one of the least of these commands 
and teaches others to do likewise will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does these and teaches these commands will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that whoever is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. And whoever says, you fool, will be subject to the fire of hell. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and remember there that your brother or sister has something against you, first go and be reconciled to them and then come back and offer your gift at the altar. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary on the way. Or they may hand you over to the judge. And the judge hand you over to the officer. And the officer throw you in prison. I tell you the truth. You will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that whoever looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away, for it would be better for you to enter life without your eye than have your whole body thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. For it would be better for you to enter life maimed for your whole body to be thrown into hell. It was also said that whoever divorces his wife should give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And you have heard that it was said to our ancestors You must not break your oath, but you must keep your oath to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all. Don't swear by heaven, for that is God's throne. Or by earth, for that is His footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for that is the city of the great King. Do not swear by your head. Because who of you can make even a single hair white or black? But let your yes mean yes. And let your no mean no. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if your enemy strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. As for the one who wants to sue you and take your shirt and take you to court, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. 
Give to the one who asks you and do not refuse the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what will your reward be? Don't even the tax collectors do that? If you greet those who greet you, how is that out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Be careful not to practice your deeds of righteousness before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father who is in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor. Don't be like the hypocrites who stand in the synagogues on the street corners with trumpets Announcing their giving, I tell you the truth, they have their reward in full. But when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees what you have done in secret, will reward you. When you pray, You must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go to your secret place. Close the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Don't babble on like the pagans and the Gentiles, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. For your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass and sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive others their offenses against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. For they make their faces all sad so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward in full. But when you fast, wash your face, put oil on your head, So that your fasting may be done in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret. He will reward you. 
Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the darkness is in you, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters because he'll hate one and love the other. He'll despise one and be devoted to the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. Isn't life more than food and more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap and they don't have barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more valuable are you than they? Can any of you add more than one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe the flowers of the field. They don't labor or spin. And yet Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of them. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field that is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles worry about all these things and your heavenly father already knows that you need them. But do this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge. So that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard which you apply to others. And the same measure that you use to them will be measured to you. Why do you look at that splinter in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the splinter. When there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the splinter from your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before pigs because they will trample on them and then they will turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
For everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who asks receives, and to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Who among you, if his son asked him for a loaf of bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked him for a fish, would give him a snake? And so if you, whose hearts are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to His own children? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do for them, for all the law and the prophets hang on these. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many of you are on it. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the road that leads unto life and only a few will find it. Be on your guard against False prophets, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravaging wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit. And every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So you will recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my Father. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do many miracles in your name? And I will tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreaker. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain fell and the rivers rose and the wind blew and beat against that house, but it did not crash because it was built upon the rock. But every one of you who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, you are like a foolish man who builds your house upon the sand. The rain fell and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash because it was built upon the sand. Matthew records for us that when Jesus had finished saying these things, the people were amazed because he taught as one 
who had authority and not like the teachers of the law. I want to provide just a few comments in closing. First, I don't know a man or a woman, a boy or girl who could hear that sermon from Jesus and not know they have a need to repent. No one escapes. No one escapes this word. It is a word that condemns and cuts. It is a word that no man or woman, boy or girl can measure up to. And so I know not how it struck you today, but I am confident of this. If you heard these words and desire to put them into practice, you acknowledge today you have great need to repent, to turn from your way of life and to turn to Christ. Secondly, don't forget the importance of just reading out loud and hearing God's word. There's something different that happens. And listen, the culture in which Jesus lived, most of them could not read or write, right? The literacy rate was very low there. And so often there were readers who would come and read God's word to the people. And so they heard it orally. And there's something about it. Why? Because they had to memorize it, internalize it, take it with them. So I want to encourage you just from a practical standpoint to spend time throughout your week just reading out loud God's word, learning to hear it. Third, Dr. Robert Smith Jr., one of my all-time favorite preachers, you need to look him up. He's an African-American pastor and just unbelievable power as he preaches. But I asked him one time in passing, I said, Dr. Smith, tell me, how do you memorize such scripture and able to do what you can do? And he said, well, that's where you're wrong. I don't memorize, I internalize. I want to challenge you to maybe just choose one section of this sermon and start with it and start memorizing that you might internalize it, that you can walk and chew on this as you go about your life and your everyday. And my guess is if you heard this word today, the Spirit was convicting you of certain areas of your life that don't conform to this, start there. Don't run from that. Start there. But I want to challenge you to be someone who, who commits the Word of God to memory that you might truly internalize it. And the last thing I have is this. Who can do this? I mean, do you feel the weight of this sermon and message? Like, can you imagine standing on that mountain there or sitting listening to Jesus teach and preach these words, wondering who can live like this? Be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. Like, who can do this? And then you might need to ask a further question. Why would I want to? Because Jesus, the master, preacher, teacher, says this is the only way to enter the kingdom. So that, beloved, is where I leave you with this. This sermon today, Jesus' words from Matthew 5-7, through should compel all of us to come and cast ourselves before Him and say, God, we need grace. I need mercy, Lord. I'll never enter your kingdom. 
If you hear this and think this is what you've got to live up to in your own strength, you will never make it. But if you will come to the Son looking to the Father, the Father will forgive you because of the Son and His sacrifice and His perfect keeping of this Word will be credited to you and you, beloved, by faith will receive the Spirit of God that God in you can empower you and so change your heart. That from your heart you desire and long for this. And although we will never keep it perfectly, the Spirit in you, beloved, will begin to bear that fruit. Why? Because a good tree can only bear good fruit. Because a bad tree can only bear bad fruit. So I would just say to you today in closing, what's your fruit look like? Because Jesus says He would recognize you and we would recognize each other by their fruit. Be careful, beloved. Be careful that you don't become one of those who on that day say, Lord, Lord, did I not go to church? Lord, Lord, did I not teach that? Lord, Lord, did I not serve? Lord, Lord, did I not give? Lord, Lord, did I not go? And you hear those horrible words. Depart from me. I don't know you. Today, come, cry out to the Son of God that you might be forgiven, beloved. Cry out to Jesus. I pray you would. Would you pray with me? Father, in the strong name of Jesus, thank you for this word. Father, I pray today, God, that it is spoken in ways that only your word can speak. Father, I pray today that you are using it to draw us closer to you. I pray today, God, that this word would transform us all. Father, I ask now in this moment for those places in this word, this sermon that have cut me. Father, I pray now that your spirit would do a work that we cannot do, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you would bring comfort and peace and healing and forgiveness to our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.